You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. As you guys probably have heard by now, BYU football scheduling a game, a home-and-home series with the Troy Trojans. We'll break that down a little bit, get you some of my thoughts on what that means for the BYU football program, particularly this fall. We'll also get to the news involving the West Coast Conference and their decision to pretty much cancel all fall sports. And we'll see if it affects BYU men's and women's basketball as well. So a lot to get to on a Friday edition of the show. Today's show is brought to you by an old friend who is back. They're back. Built Bar, back on with us. We'll tell you about them here in a little bit, as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. So a lot to get to on a Friday, and let's get to it here with that rundown out of the way. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 14th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already or if you're new to the podcast, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from whichever podcast provider you prefer to use. That way you never miss an episode as we share with you guys each and every day all the BYU sports news you need to know about as well as passing along insider tidbits that you cannot find anywhere else as well. So a lot to get to on a Friday. Let's kick it off by talking a little bit about BYU football. Good place to start, right? BYU yesterday, if you didn't see it, and I would be surprised if you haven't by now, announcing a home-and-home series with Troy University in Alabama. Uh, The Troy Trojans, a member of the Sunbelt Conference, and actually one of the better teams out of the Sun Belt that BYU will face. The first game will be scheduled for September 26th in Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as Troy makes the cross-country trip to Utah to face off against the Cougars. And I like the way they have this set up for BYU because I think it gives them the flexibility potentially in the two weeks between the Navy opener on Labor Day and also the end of the month when you have this game against Troy scheduled to hopefully put maybe a Power 5 team in there where you travel maybe to a Power 5 in the Big 12 or the ACC. But also, with the North Alabama Lions deciding they're going to play their non-conference game against BYU this fall, I could very easily see them being moved into one of those two weeks early on in September to kind of round out that first month for BYU. And... I think this is overall a win for BYU fans who are hoping to see a football series. I don't think BYU schedules a home-and-home with Troy. Uh, They'll make the trip back to Alabama uh, on September 5th, 2026, so six years away. They'll make the return trip down there to Troy. I don't see them making this type of a deal where they agreed to travel all the way to Alabama to play a non-conference game, especially in early September, if they didn't think they were going to make an honest go of this season. I understand there are so many different hurdles still for BYU football to cross and to be able to get over before they can actually play this season, but I do believe that BYU has every intent of playing football this fall. As it stands, there are 76 programs out of the 130 FBS programs who are still hoping to play football this fall. The SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 have all stipulated as Power 5 conferences. They're going to continue to get ready for a season and hopefully will play the season. You also include Conference USA, the Sun Belt, and the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, 
also from the G5 ranks expected to play a season and then include the independence well BYU Liberty and then Notre Dame who's going to be a member of the ACC this fall that's it that's who is playing football as it stands currently New Mexico State yesterday one of the fellow independents decided they just couldn't uh, do it they all they also had a 14-day quarantine that was imposed on anybody returning to the state so that makes logistics of planning games getting teams in and out of New Mexico and even their own team getting back home to Las Cruces untenable to play a season under those circumstances. So New Mexico State is uh, has hung it up for at least this fall. We'll hope to play in the spring, but I respect BYU immensely for trying to do this. As long as there are other programs out there who are trying to play a football season, and it's still as it stands, there's still a majority of the FBS teams in the country still trying to play football this fall. Why not try for it? A lot of programs, the University of Utah among them, in the Pac-12 have announced, you know what, we're punting on this fall season. And according to Mark Harlan, the AD up at Utah, the University of Utah is facing a 50 to $60 million loss of revenue. That is a crippling blow in a year to lose that much revenue when you punt on a season. I understand that BYU and the University of Utah are operating in two different realms. Utah is cashing Power 5 checks. There's no doubt about it. BYU, they've never been in a better financial situation than they are as an independent. I will stipulate that. I can say that until I'm blue in the face, and it's true. But they are not on the same level as the University of Utah in terms of overall cash flow coming in. But Utah losing 60 potentially million dollars is going to cripple that athletic department. And they're not the only one. Across the Pac-12, the Big Ten, massive, massive losses. I think I saw Wisconsin up there. Barry Alvarez said maybe a $100 million loss for the Badgers. There are going to be a lot of furloughs and maybe a lot of programs being shuttered by these Power Five conferences unless they have had a rainy day fund that most of them don't have. The vast majority, I would say upwards of maybe 90% of FBS programs actually operate at a deficit. They spend more money than they actually bring in on a year-to-year basis. BYU, to their credit, and I've, st- I've, you guys that have listened to this podcast for some time know what I have said about this. I think they're cheap in certain ways, but in this current circumstance, BYU's model where they actually have to be self-sustaining, speaking of the BYU athletic department, they have to generate every dollar that they spend and they're not supposed to spend more than they can than they can make. Well, guess what? It actually looks pretty smart right now. The BYU operates in the black. And I think BYU, you chase it. You continue to schedule games. I'd like to see BYU get to at least eight games to really make this season, I feel like, worth it. Uh, you already have three home games currently as it stands. you got the Troy game now. You've also got Houston scheduled to come in in October. And you have North Alabama scheduled to come to Provo. And you got one road game currently at the Naval Academy. Who would I like to see? And some of you have asked this question to me, both in real life when I've talked to some of you this past week, and also on social media and via text message. I'd love to see Army on the schedule. I think it's an easy game. I would imagine that BYU puts Army on the schedule. I'd also also like to see BYU maybe get one or two of the Power 5 teams that that still have openings on their schedule and travel to those programs. Obviously, the Big 12 and the ACC, the only way non-conference action happens for those programs in those conferences is if you go to their home state. Do it. It's worth it. You need to have some road games. You're already at three home games as it stands. And as I just said, I'd like to see eight games at minimum. If you can get more than that, I think it's gravy. 
But in, as long as other programs and the majority of the football bowl subdivision is trying to make an honest effort to play football this fall, there is absolutely no reason for BYU to shut things down. We heard from Aaron Roderick on yesterday's podcast about the importance of the practices that BYU is getting in right now. Even if they don't play a season, they're going to have a lot more work being done in fall camp than the vast majority of their counterparts across the country will have had. Uh, It's just, it's everything looks good for BYU as it stands right now. Very easily, we could be talking on Monday and things have shut down over the weekend. Absolutely could happen. It could happen any day now where BYU and everybody else says, you know what, it's not worth the risks. We're going to shut it down. We'll try and play in the spring. Until that happens, though, there is absolutely zero reason why BYU should say willingly say, you know what, we're just going to we're just going to punt on this season. Football season is important to a lot of people. It's important to me in the interest of full disclosure. I draw my paycheck from BYU football playing and part of it, obviously, I cover the Utah Jazz, University of Utah, a whole bevy of sports working for the Zone Sports Network. But guess what? BYU football is a massive part of my fall, part of my livelihood, part of my life. I would miss it dearly, and I don't think I'm alone in saying that. A number of you have expressed that to me over the past few weeks that you need football season. It's just not the same thinking about a fall without some football going on, especially college football. So I respect BYU immensely for scheduling this home-and-home with Troy, and I think the indication of them being willing to travel to Troy in a return trip makes me think that they are putting every effort into playing this upcoming football season. I would hope to see more scheduling announcements in the coming days and weeks as they put the schedule back together. And I hope they're able to play football. I I am praying every night, and I know it's a fickle thing to pray for, but I am praying that BYU football plays football this fall. I just... I college football is just like the soundtrack to part of my year to most of my year. Actually, it's my favorite sport. I grew up a massive fan of the sport in general, and it's just something I would miss dearly. And I hope I think I don't think I'm alone in, in stating that. So good on BYU getting Troy on the schedule. Hopefully they can add three or four more games at least here in the coming days and weeks. And we can have a football season. I think there's some great things coming for BYU football, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Cougars and some of the stuff I've learned about fall camp here in just a little bit. But coming up here in just a minute, we need to switch gears and talk a little bit more about the other programs at BYU. They are being affected by COVID-19 and by an announcement that the West Coast Conference made yesterday, and it's not all that surprising. We'll break that down here in just a moment. As I mentioned in the open, they're back. Our good friends at Built Bar are back, guys. And those of you who did not hear about Built Bar when we had our original run with them, you are missing out. These are the best tasting protein bars, bar none. End of story. I have had them. And guess what? They have just relaunched a new, fluffier, and more tasty bar than they already had. And they were already incredibly tasty. They tasted legitimately like a candy bar. And I mean that sincerely. I have had almost every flavor you can think of from Built Bar, but guess what? They do not stop when it comes to Built Bar. They've added six new flavors in their relaunch of the Built Bar. They've added flavors like Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia. You get it? Cherry Barcia. Also, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Almond uh, apple almond crisp, excuse me. Also have their 12 original flavors, including coconut almond, raspberry, one of my favorites, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, 
Double chocolate orange, actually another favorite of mine. I'm a big fruit flavor fan, as you can tell. Toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, another personal favorite of mine. I'm telling you guys, these protein bars from Built Bar reinvented, and I am excited to get a new shipment of them. I just ordered them last night. I would encourage you guys to go to BuiltBar.com, check it out. It is a great way for you to lose weight handle cravings, all the different things that go into eating a protein bar. I'm a guy who is a husky gentleman. I've been trying to lose weight for years. It's just this never-ending cycle, and it's it's awful. I'll freely admit it. But guess what? Built Bar has been a big part of me dropping pounds over the past few months. I stocked up right before they sold out of their original run of Built Bars. This relaunch has me super excited. I've been running low on them as of late, and I'm excited to get a new stock of the brand-new relaunched Built Bar, guys. They're con- they're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain your weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, but high protein and high fiber. They're also great if you're on the keto diet. I'm actually working on a modified keto diet. So that's why I enjoy these candy bar protein bars as much as I do guys. So go to builtbar.com right now. You can get a free cooler with purchase. It's while supplies last. It's only going to last for a limited amount of time, guys. A free cooler when you go to BuiltBar.com and make an order. Also, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get $10 off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com, guys. I'm telling you what. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. And this brand new launch, the relaunch of the Built Bar, has me doubly excited to try them out. So check it out, guys. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself $10 on your next order. All right, guys. The West Coast Conference announced yesterday that they have suspended all fall sports. That includes women's soccer. Uh, You're going to see BYU women's volleyball. Some of the best programs in BYU, their athletic department, will not be participating this fall. And it's it's disappointing. There's no doubt about it. Cross-country, the men's cross-country program for BYU, the defending national champions, will not be able to defend their crown this fall. It's a pretty monumental decision, but also one that's not unexpected. Obviously, a number of conferences around the country have announced the suspension of fall seasons. Essentially, only football, bowl subdivision football, which is not controlled by the NCAA, is the only sport that's really proceeding as normal. And like we talked about just barely, just over half of those programs are currently slated to play this fall. So, It's going to be an interesting fall for other sports. There's no doubt about it. I'm not sure ultimately how things are going to be handled here. The NCAA Division I Council, we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's podcast, looking at adding an extra year of eligibility, hopefully. I hope it's a blanket waiver that gives all these athletes who have had their seasons canceled on them at this point, they get that extra year back if they want it. There's no reason not to. It would actually be really dumb on the NCAA's part to bring a black eye on themselves that they could just avoid by just saying, you know what, you didn't get to participate. We're going to take care of you guys. My biggest question when I heard about this yesterday was how is this going to affect a BYU men's and women's basketball? Obviously, Mark Pope eager to get his team back on the court and really see what they can do for a repeat in his second year as the head coach of the BYU men's basketball program. Well, they've retooled the roster, obviously. We've covered that extensively this summer with a number of grad transfers, incoming freshmen, and return missionaries. But looking at it, I wondered with the announcement of them suspending fall sports, speaking of the West Coast Conference, if that would affect the non-conference portion of BYU's basketball season. 
As it stands, though, the announcement says that the West Coast Conference remains fully committed and continues to work closely with campus leadership on plans to ensure a safe environment to conduct the 2020-2021 WCC men's and women's basketball seasons in the winter. So that means that apparently they think that they're going to be able to play basketball this winter, and that's a positive sign for both men's and women's basketball at BYU. I don't think that college basketball is going to be immune to the COVID-19 virus. Indoor transmission rates are astronomically higher than outdoor transmission rates. And as the West Coast Conference stipulated yesterday, that the low-risk sports, speaking of men's and women's golf, men's and women's tennis, where they're individual sports, where you're naturally socially distanced, well, guess what? You can play in non-conference competition. So BYU men's and women's golf should be in action this fall, albeit probably on a more limited schedule, as well as men's and women's tennis for BYU. So those sports will actually get an opportunity to play, it sounds like. But the indoor transmission rates are astronomically higher, and I just wonder how they're going to handle basketball. Because it's an indoor sport, and guys are sweating, women are sweating, you're rubbing up on each other. I know that's a really awkward term, excuse me for that. But it's just one of those things, you're, you're really in close contact with other human beings, and that's when transmission rates just go through the roof. So... Very interested to see how things are handled at the college basketball level. Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, said yesterday they are considering a potential bubble option for the NCAA tournaments, both the men's and women's basketball tournaments. They cannot afford, speaking of the NCAA, to have the NCAA tournament canceled two years in a row. They took a multi-million, it might even be billion-dollar loss canceling the NCAA tournaments this past spring. Can you imagine doing it two years in a row? The NCAA, man, they're going to be low very low on cash, and I'm not going to cry a river for them. I can tell you that much. You guys heard me rant on them yesterday. But I, I just look at this, and I feel like the college basketball, I appreciate the West Coast Conference trying to do everything they can possibly do. And obviously, they would have loved to have women's soccer playing, the cross-country programs in action, women's volleyball, etc. But they just could not accept the risk as it stands right now with the virus. I very much have my doubts that virus is going to go away between now and and when college basketball is supposed to tip off, I actually think that they will have a rebound of positive cases, etc. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not an epidemiologist. Do not quote me on that. But I just feel like it's going to be a very interesting future, the near-term future for college sports and sports in general, until we have a vaccine or they have a way to treat this virus that makes it the... Uh, risks of contracting it much lower. I also understand that you don't need to bark at me. I'm sure you're yelling at your at your radio or your podcast app, whatever you Jake, what about young people? They don't get the virus. Okay, they get the virus, but they don't die from it in, in droves. Blah, 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 blah. All I get it. I get it. I don't need the lecture from you guys. I get the lecture on the daily from myriad of sources. Uh, but I do wonder how this is going to affect sports. So I appreciate the West Coast Conference being as forward and as straightforward and forthright as they have been about this. Disappointing to see uh, teams at BYU, some of the best teams in the BYU Athletic Department, the women's soccer program, women's volleyball, and also cross country, have their seasons canceled. Here's hoping they can have a basketball season. It'd be nice to see Mark Pope's team get an opportunity to make another run at it. They reached as high as number 14 in the polls last year, finished the number 18 in the polls in the final poll that was released before the uh, season was prematurely ended. I just look at this and I worry that uh, the virus is going to affect college sports for the foreseeable future. 
I just wonder how much it will and how much risk is going to be involved here for both the West Coast Conference, the NCAA, BYU itself. How much risk are they willing to tolerate when it comes to the indoor sports, speaking of men's and women's basketball? That is a question that remains to be answered. I'm going to start doing some digging on that, talk to some people, and see if I can get a vibe for it. Maybe we'll even get Gloria Navarez, the WCC commissioner on the horn, and ask her what she knows about and what she is willing to accept. I can tell you this much. I think it's very much a day-to-day process, a week-to-week process. It's similar to the college football season. As we just talked about, BYU football, they could shut it down tomorrow, and it wouldn't be all that surprising because guess what? There is an absolute risk that you have to assume here with the COVID-19 virus. I respect BYU football for doing everything they can possibly do to safeguard all of their players, staff members, and coaches. And I can tell you this much, BYU, they have taken the utmost precautions. They've been very quick. If any player has been exposed, is exhibiting symptoms, they are isolated. They are sent away from the team. And I respect that wholeheartedly. They're doing everything within their power to control what the controllable. It's a commendable effort. Here's hoping that it continues on and we can get these transmission rates and the infection rates down to a point where, guess what? You can play football. You can play basketball without much of a concern. I think in the near term, though, there's still going to be concern here. And I do wonder how the West Coast Conference will handle things with men's and women's basketball. But I do appreciate them saying that they're going to do everything within their power to get things under control to where they can conduct the season safely and be nice to see. All right, coming up here in just a second, a couple of tidbits from BYU Fall Camp. I've picked up the last couple of days from our practice insiders. We'll pass those along to you guys. We know you love them. We'll get to all of that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. All Guard Pest Control is a local pest control company here along the Wasatch Front that I love. They take care of my home. I can tell you this much. I am 110% satisfied and I am not alone. All you need to know about All Guard Pest Control is just go online, Google All Guard Pest Control. You'll see all the reviews from Google Reviews and the like, and they are five-star reviews up and down the board. All Guard is the best of the best when it comes to pest control. I would implore you guys, trust them to take care of your home. I don't know what kind of pest control issues you might have. Spiders, ants, uh, did cicadas, uh, whatever you got, termites. They can handle it all, and they'll handle it in a professional, but also a very safe manner. Of course, right now with COVID-19, we're very wary of who we let into our homes. Well, I can tell you this much. Seth and his team at All Guard Pest Control are taking the utmost precautions to be safe. Wearing masks, wearing gloves, they're making sure that you are comfortable when they come out to treat your home. I can tell you this much. You can trust All Guard Pest Control. Seth is a massive BYU fan. Seth Baird, the owner. Good friend of mine. Massive Cougar fan. So when you call All Guard Pest Control, tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you, and they will take care of you guys. This is the best company for your pest control needs, a local company. So I would encourage you guys, support All Guard Pest Control. Their phone number, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. They use the safest products in the industry. They're safe for your family, your pets, and your kids. You don't have to worry about that. This is the best company for your pest control needs. You also can learn more by going to allguardpestcontrols.com online. That's once again, All Guard Pest Control, phone number 801-851-1812. 1812 or check them out online at allguardpestcontrols.com. All right, guys, let's wrap up a Friday edition of the show. And a big thank you for your continued support of the podcast, by the way. It is an absolute privilege and an honor to host this podcast every day. I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite parts of the day to sit down and record this podcast. So a big thank you for all of your continued support 
of the show. Uh, Navy is practicing out there in Annapolis. Obviously, uh, they are getting ready for the season opener against BYU. Ken Niamatololo, the head coach out there, spoke with the media yesterday. I was reading this in the Capital Gazette. That does a great job covering the Naval Academy. And they're being very careful with how they go about practices. Uh, Kenny Matololo is actually essentially holding two different practices. No uh, face-to-face interaction with players. Uh, they are not going to be hitting each other. They're only hitting bags. They're just trying to make sure that they're as safe as possible. I can tell you this much. In talking with people around the BYU football program, the Cougars, yeah, they've had more tackling going on, etc. But... It's all dependent on what your health department, the local area health department recommends. I can't tell you what Annapolis, the local health department that governs that area of the country, what they're recommending. Obviously, they're recommending, it's probably also coming from the doctors inside the Naval Academy, that they need to avoid face-to-face interaction. So be it. BYU apparently has been told by the Utah County Department of Health that they can go about doing the things they've been doing. They went live scrimmage last Saturday. And I can respect that. Kalani Satake, Kenny Matololo, they want nothing more than to play entertaining football and win a game on September 7th. Both of them are preparing intently for that game, obviously. Navy yesterday finishing their fourth practice of the fall. BYU, I think, has doubled them. I think they're at eight or nine practices at this point, obviously. But the biggest thing is... These two teams are gearing up as if they're going to play on September 7th, and I couldn't be more excited. Now, a note about BYU football from fall camp earlier this week. It sounds like it very much is Zach Wilson's job to lose as the starting quarterback. I don't think that I'm breaking news to you guys, but I think this might be a little tidbit you guys might want to know about. Baylor Romney is making a great run at potentially being the chief backup to, to Zach Wilson. You don't have to take it from me. It comes from people that I've talked to around the BYU football program. And Jaron Hall is going to battle tooth and nail. I can tell you this much. He's a fighter. He's absolutely going to stay in the mix. The positive news for BYU is last year they proved they had three viable quarterbacks who could start and win games for them. Jaron Hall's concerns are with his concussion issues that he suffered in both the games he started for BYU last year. He didn't finish them. That's the that's the issue. Baylor Romney's chief strength is he is unrattleable. I know that's not a term, but when he gets into games, as evidenced by what he did against Boise State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last fall, he gets into game and he is a cool cucumber under pressure. Nothing cracks this young man. It's absolutely incredible to see what he does. And I, I think it's awesome to, to see him out there just playing the game, getting the ball where it needs to go. I don't think he's the greatest athlete on BYU's roster by any means. I don't think he has the strongest arm on the roster. I actually would probably give that nod probably to Jaron Hall. I think he might have the strongest arm of all of the quarterbacks in the BYU football program. But what Baylor Romney has is he gets the ball out of his hand on time. He gets it to open receivers where it needs to be, when it needs to be there, and he moves the ball down the field. He has very much made a big impression on BYU's coaches and speaking with people around the football program. This is by no means that it's going to go Zach Wilson, Baylor Romney, Jaron Hall, one, two, three on the depth chart. I'm not saying that right now. It's still very early on in fall camp, but I can tell you guys right now, Baylor Romney is looking super impressive in fall camp and it wouldn't be surprising to see him be the chief backup for BYU this fall if current trends hold. 
As I've talked about earlier this week, Soljay Mayava Peters, for a true freshman, has been absolutely stellar. He has come in and absolutely made an impression. You heard Aaron Roddick, if you listened to the entirety of our podcast yesterday, mention the fact that he's still very raw. He's still kind of just making plays because he is an athlete. That's not a bad thing to have. You can coach a quarterback up. If they have the raw physical tools, normally you can get them to really settle into your system. And I think that a guy like Soljay is absolutely a tailor-made fit for what BYU football wants to do in their offense. The interesting part here for BYU is you have Zach Wilson, who's a different quarterback than Baylor Romney, who's a different quarterback than Jaron Hall. The nice part is, is last year, for all of the different things you may have a beef with for BYU football a year ago, you cannot uh, say that BYU was not adapting to what their quarterbacks could do, whoever was available for whatever game. When Baylor Romney was in there, guess what? It was very simple offense that played to his strengths. They did the same thing with Jaron Hall. Same thing with Zach Wilson. That is one of the chief strengths of BYU's offensive staff is their ability to adapt their offense on the fly for whoever is under center. So, I'm telling you guys right now, Baylor Romney is very much moving quickly towards that backup spot. But as I said, I don't expect Jaron Hall just to capitulate, roll over and say, you know what? He can have the job. The nice part is there is a lot of competition with these quarterbacks. I don't think down the road, probably next offseason, that you're going to see all three of them on BYU's roster. I'll leave that there. But for the time being, the competition is, is I think, going to bring the best out of all of these guys. As I said, Zach Wilson, he is your odds-on favorite to be the starter for BYU. I would be absolutely stunned for the first snap against the Naval Academy, barring him having an injury or getting suspended, that he's not taking that first snap. But there is a lot of competition going on with these quarterbacks, and it sounds like it's bringing the best out of all three of them. And Baylor Romney making a good impression early on in fall camp. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. Have a great rest of your weekend whenever you hear this. We'll do some bonus episodes over the weekend. I uh, try and do two, but it's been kind of screwy on the weekends for me. I'm a father, obviously a husband, and got to spend time with the family. But we will do our best to bring you guys the bonus editions you guys have craved with the player countdown series. We're all on with that. We didn't get to number 21 today. We'll get to that tomorrow. We'll double up with number 20. We're going to break into the teens pretty quick here over the weekend. So crazy to think football is that close, guys, but get excited. It is on its way in BYU football. Right now, as it stands, I'm expecting them to be on the field in Annapolis at Navy Marine Corps Stadium against the Naval Academy in just a few weeks. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Hope you guys are all doing well, staying safe. Wear those masks when you can't socially distance, and I hope you guys have a great weekend whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 14th, 2020. 